Good evening. You are listening to Radio Maria and this is Diving Deeper. Now, this evening we have Father Alvin Ebe back on um, and he's going to be talking this week about Romans 12. So welcome back, Father. Good evening, Carl Ryan, and um, good evening, dear listeners. And welcome to Diving Deeper this month. Wonderful, thank you. I'll leave it over to you. It's always exciting to be with all of you, and um, I believe God will bless us in a special way today as we listen to His words. And I believe you, you're all ready to to listen to to us this evening. And um, get out your Bible wherever it is, dust it, and place it on your table, and we'll all read together and study together today. And so we begin with a prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. And Heavenly Father, we thank you for um, giving us another privilege of being in your presence this evening, as your word says, that in the presence of God there is fullness of joy. We believe that you're going to fill our hearts uh, with your joy um, this evening as we listen to you. Lord, send your Holy Spirit to inspire us as we continue to aspire so that we will not expire in any way. We pray in a special way for peace in our world today. We pray, Almighty God, that we will bring to an end any form of war and help us to understand that. It does not need to anything good. And Lord, we also pray in a special way for um, Radio Maria England as we continue with our Maria turn. We pray, Almighty God, that you will touch um, all our listeners, that they will uh, contribute generously to this project. Thank you because we know you have answered our prayers and may your name be glorified. For in Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Um, once again, we are glad to be with you this evening, dear listeners. And today, I, <clears throat> I'll be moved to share with us our, uh, the passage of the scripture, Romans chapter 12. Actually, we've been, um, we've been studying this passage um here in my parish of St. Peter's and I felt like oh it would be good to for us to share with our lovely listeners on Radio Maria also so that you know and you enjoy with us what we've been um, enjoying the food we've been enjoying because God's word is is our spiritual food and when we don't eat this food we become spiritually malnourished so you can't, you, you're not only mal, physically malnourished. So when you don't eat physical food, you are physically malnourished. But when you don't feed your, or when we don't feed ourselves with uh, this spiritual food, then we'll become spiritually malnourished. And I believe no, no, no Christian, no child of God will we want to suffer from spiritual kwashiorkor, you know, in other words, it's called kwashiorkor, which is uh, 
was common in um, uh, during the war. Uh, we saw we saw we saw children that were suffering from kwashoko because they were malnourished. So they can also be spiritual kwashoko if if someone um, is is malnourished, and it's God's words that that gives us the the nourishment that we need as as children of God. Okay, so we we'll, we'll go through as time can permit us today. Um, uh, Romans chapter twelve. Now, um, I've got um, two different uh, translations here, and I'm going to use different translations because uh, it helps me to understand more um, um, God's word. So I don't stick to a particular translation. So if I read this one, I want to compare it with the other one. It's just the same thing, but um, um, one translation can explain it better than the other. So I've got a Catholic uh, uh, edition of the Bible and also um, living uh, translation. So this is Catholic pastoral edition. So Romans chapter 12. So we'll read together wherever you are. We read together and whenever I want to explain, of course, and explain. And we'll go on. So the, the, the version I have here gives it a title. So each person has got a title. And it says personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. If you can remember, there was a time I spoke on personal, having a personal relationship with God. You know, our Christianity, our Christian life is in as much as we, um, you know, go live in a community. The church is a community, which is very important. The scripture says, don't exonerate yourself from the gathering of the brethren. So, um, you know, coming together is important because we learn from each other and we also help each other in the journey of faith. But our um, Christian life is a personal relationship with God. Because I believe on the last day, you know, when, when as the scripture says, when we stand in front of God, it's one by one. So he calls me, I will stand before him, and he asked me the questions he's going to ask me, and he's going to open my own, you know, my own uh, uh, passage in the book, whether it's in the book of life or wherever, wherever I'm going to find myself. So he's not going to say, uh, uh, the parishioners of St. Peter's or the parishioners of uh, St. Mary's or the, you know, the family of this. No, it's going to be one after the other. Personal relationship. He asked, what did you and that you is singular, you know, not, not plural. What did you do? So personal responsibility. Uh, <clears throat> so, and Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, and I believe there are a lot of sisters here, so brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, 
to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. And this reminds me of the, the readings we we had this morning. St. Paul writing, I think, also to the Romans, saying we should uh, make our bodies weapons for God and not against God. So, you know, part of your body can become a weapon against God when you use your lips not to glorify God, but to destroy others. It has become a weapon against God. You know, what comes out from your mouth. So our, our, our mouth can be weapon against the evil one when we use it to, you know, proclaim God's wonders, when we use it to, to testify to the goodness of God, you know, this is one of the things that upsets the enemy. And I was listening to someone today, and he says, never use your mouth to, to swear. Because even the demons can't swear with the name of Jesus, because they are so afraid using that holy name. But then you get Christians today using the same name, which demons themselves, you know, as are afraid to use, because they know the power in that name. You see Christians swearing in the name of God. But demons, the devil can't even do that. He's afraid. He knows the power in that name. Uh, so, so, so a part, part of our body can become a weapon either against the devil or against God. So your part of your body, what do you use it for? Do you use it to glorify God or do you use it to glorify the devil. And St. Paul today says, you know, we have to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Your spiritual act of worship. And that's what God demands from all of us. The spiritual act of worship. Let's see, let's see, that's um, that's um, um, verse. Let's see what uh, the second translation I have here. Let's see what it says. So I'll be comparing the two translations. So it says, I beg you, dearly beloved. So you see, this one used dearly beloved brothers. Well, this one makes it more inclusive, right? It's still the same, the same meaning. So I beg you, dearly beloved, by the mercy of God, to give yourselves as a living and holy sacrifice, pleasing to God. That is the kind of worship for you as sensible people. So you see the difference in the two translations. Okay, so we go to verse 2. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Let's see what this other translation says. 
It says, do not let yourselves be shaped. Be shaped. And it says, do not conform. Do not let yourself be shaped by the word where you live, but rather be transformed through the renewal of your mind. You must discern the will of God, what is good, what pleases, and what is perfect. I want to dwell on that part that says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And this one says, do not let yourselves be shaped by the world where you live. I was invited to, to give a talk, I think it was two weeks ago, um, in a parish, and to speak on um, discipleship and as, as a parishioner. And I really think someone actually gave me a book titled Intentional Discipleship before I went for, for that um, for that talk. And while we I was still listening to the first speaker and people were reacting, and someone said something, you know, um that the problem uh most Christians have today is that we tend towards what is um, trending. That's what that's the, the, the words she used. What is trending? So Christianity is no longer trending. That's I, I, that's exactly how she put it. Christianity is no longer trending. That's interesting, and that is that's the fact. And immediately it took me back to you know my experience being um, um, a school chaplain when I came when I, in my former parish. And they will always say, you know, to be a Christian is not cool. It's not cool to be a Christian. It's not cool to go to church. And uh, so what is cool is not going to church. And that is what is trending. And if you look at it today, it is actually trending. And I said, yes. And I referred them to this, this when it was time for me to speak, I referred them to this, this I, was, I was going to react to, I had to write it down. I was going to react to that. So I referred them to Romans chapter 12, verse two. And it says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. And this one says, do not let yourselves be shaped by the world. And I, I told them, I went to a secondary school back home. This is a government school. So it's not even, it's not even a Catholic school. It's not even a mission school. And this is a school that is known, it's notorious. So it's not popular. These are two different things. You can be notorious or you are popular. Both of them, you are known. You know? So you can be popular in something good. But when, when they say you are notorious, it means you know, um, uh, it's not good. So this is a school that's well known for its notoriosity. And I can remember when I came here for the first time, I met, I met two ladies who, uh, who are Nigerians and they, they attended the same, um, not, not the same school now, but in the same city. So they knew about, about the school. So when we were talking and I said, I went to this school, they were surprised. And I said, the question they asked me was, you went to that school and you still became a priest. I said, now look at what happened. I passed through the school, but the school didn't pass through me. Uh, 
I passed through the school, but it didn't pass through me. And that's what it means not to conform, not to conform any longer to the pattern of this world. So it doesn't matter what is trending, my dear friends. It doesn't matter what is trending. And when we talk about personal responsibility, personal encounter, personal relationship, so that everybody is doing it doesn't mean you have to do it. That everyone is no longer finding going to church, praying to God, reading the Bible, you know, going to Mass every day, that it's no longer trending doesn't mean you have to do the same thing. The question is, do you know who you are? You know, the problem, especially our young ones are having today, is the problem of identity crisis, not knowing who they are. So if you know who you are, you know, um, um, what's, what is trending, you can, you can, you can make um, something trend for yourself. So what is trending for others may not be trending for you. All right? Do not conform any longer to the pattern of, of this world. There is a pattern we have in this world, but as Christians, we should, we are meant to stand, stand out. Every Christian is meant to stand out. And on that day, I was, as I was going for that, for that uh, retreat, it was a retreat, I was listening to someone speak, and he was talking uh, about the power of focus. And he said, if you are not focused, you will not be a focus. If you are not focused, you will not be a focus. So, so as a Christian, if you are not focused, no one will focus on you. If you, if we, if we do what others are doing, and you know, no one will even notice you as a Christian, and that's what's what, what's happening today. A lot of us Christians don't even want to associate ourselves as Christians. We are shy. We are we are we are we are afraid to let others know that we are Christians. Right, so so we'll, we'll stop here and have a music break, and then we'll come back and continue. Thank you. Okay, perfect.
And that was You Have Turned My Life Around by Father Alvin Eber, who is currently with us this evening talking on Diving Deeper about Romans 12. So thank you, Father. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome back. Sorry about the the, the mix. Um, okay, so so we we go back to to Romans chapter twelve, uh, and we've been we've been on um, verse two. So Karen, can you can you read your your own um, version? Let's see what it says. So Romans chapter twelve, verse verse two. Verse two. Okay, I have a different translation. Mine is the NRSV. And it says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And uh, what's, what they say, what happens to a man happens to him. And his mind. So a lot of things goes on in, 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 in our mind. And if 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 we're not transformed, how can we be transformed by the renewing of our mind? It's what we listen to. What we listen to. And uh, the scripture says um, the, the entrance of God's word gives light. It gives light. And when we wallow in, in darkness, the darkness of ignorance. When the word of God comes into our hearts, into our minds, it dispels every form of darkness, darkness of the evil one in our in our in our minds. And then that's when we transform. We are transformed. Remember, every every other thing we read, every other book we read, it informs us. But it's only the word of God that transforms us. You know, transformed by the renewal of, renewal of your minds. Once it goes into our minds. It trans- there is no way, because we encounter God in His Word. In the beginning, it was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word of God is God Himself. His Word is His body. So when when we take in His Word, it changes us. There's no one. There's no one who studies the Scriptures. Who 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 you know puts every effort to study the scripture, read every day, that remains the same. That will definitely, it's not possible. There is no way you will, you know, you will listen to God's word every day, you know, with open minds and you will remain the same. You know, someone who is very negative, there's no way you will be you'll be studying God's word and you still continue to be negative. It's not, it's not, it's not possible. There are a lot of things happen when God's word is spoken, when God's word is heard, it brings transformation, definitely. So if you're looking for transformation, if you have been too negative, if you can't, if you, if you can't think about anything positive, go to God's word. It has the power to transform you. You've been you know, struggling with an addiction. Um, you've been struggling with depression. You know, you want upliftment, run to God's word. It has the power to transform every situation in our lives. Now, let's uh, do uh, some, some cross-references. So, uh, still on Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Let's go to First Peter chapter 1, verse 14. 
First Peter chapter 1, verse 14, and see what it says about Romans chapter 12, verse 2. First Peter chapter 1, verse 14. And it says, As obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. When you lived in ignorance. In a lot of things we do <clears throat> today and think it's 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 wisdom in actual sense. It's you know it shows we are ignorant, ignorance of God's word. Unfortunately, a lot of Christians are ignorant of God's word. And when we are ignorant of God's word, the enemy can can toss you around however he wants. Remember, even the enemy himself is not ignorant of God's word. He he knows, he knows God's word. And we, we can remember what happened in the scripture. It's the same God's word that the devil used to, to tempt Jesus. He quoted Psalm 91. He will give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. That means he has studied, he has studied, even if he has not studied, but he's aware of it. So at each point, he knew. He knew what he, he wanted to use. And that's what he can do today. So the devil can also use this scripture to, 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 deceive, to deceive you, to deceive me, if we are ignorant of what is written here. If we are, and Jesus, because Jesus knew his word. So whenever the devil comes with one, he will always counteract it with, with, with another. For it is written also. So if you don't if you don't know, if that comes, you will just oh, you shy away and you give up so easily. So you can we can always say, but it is also written that God is going to take away my sickness. Because it is written that he sends his word. And I am healed because it is written that he will give me a peace that passes all understanding, a peace the world cannot give me because it is written that I, even, even, if, even if heaven and earth will pass away, his word will always remain the same. It can never change. So even if they, it comes and say, and say to us that, you see, God is changing, you know, what he said, uh, before it's not it's no longer what he's doing. He said, no, 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 no. He said, he said, I am the God of all flesh. I do not change. And that's why we call him the unchangeable changer. So, so he says, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. So that's first Peter chapter four, chapter one, verse 14. And let's look at some um, Ephesians, some Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 23. Some Paul's letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 23. Do you want to read your, your own version, Karen? Okay, so Ephesians chapter one, 4, verse 23. Let's find it now. Here's... Oh, it's halfway through a sentence in my version. So if I start with 22... It says, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah, you were taught to put away your former way of life, your old self, corrupt and deluded by its lusts. And here starts 23. And mm -hmm. to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Mm -hmm. 
Uh -huh. And mine says, you were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, when, which, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. And verse 23 says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so we move forward to verse, verse 3, Romans chapter 12, verse 3. And it says, For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Do you want to read yours? Okay. Mine's very similar to the first one that you read just now. It says, mm. For the, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Mm. And this version says, the grace that God has given me allows me to tell each of you, don't pretend too much, but think with sober judgments, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. According to the measure of faith, God has assigned each and every one of us. I think this you know, calls for humility. It's only humility that will make you not to think of yourself more highly than you ought, which we also see in you know Christendom when you when you feel you are better than the other person because you come to mass every day because you pray a lot and you think you are holier than the other person and you look down on that person and you know it says according to the according with the measure of faith God has given you so our faith you know, we all operate in different faith frequency. Faith frequency. Some operate in a high faith frequency. Others do not. But it doesn't mean you are better than those people. And that's why we are we are all called to help one another. In as much as it's it has to be, it's a personal relationship, but then we are there to help one another. If you feel you are you are more prayerful, you pray for others who, who, who are not as prayerful as you are and not looking down on them, right? Don't look down on anyone. So, so each and every one of us, yes, we have our own measure of faith that God has given to us. But then don't, don't look down on others because you think you are better, better than them. Even in helping others, don't still look down on them. You help others not because you are better than them. You help others because you are appreciating God for what he has given to you. St. Paul says, is there anything we have that we have not received? Uh, and, and 
if I'm helping you, I'm helping, I'm only returning what has been given to me. I'm only returning what has been given to me. The Bible says every good thing comes from God. So if I'm helping you from, you know, the, the, uh, the good with which God has blessed me with, so I can't, I can't take the credit. I'm only returning what he has given to me. Okay? So when we have that at the back of our mind, it makes us to be humble. So even when I'm helping you, I'm not helping you because I'm better than you. I'm helping you because God has been kind to me. And I'm only sharing that kindness with others. <clears throat> okay, so we go to, to verse 4. Verse 4, Romans chapter 12, verse 4. I will read it through till we get to verse 8 because it's all connected. So verse 4 says, Just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So it still flows from verse 3, saying, don't think of yourself. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to. So this is a sort of expla explaining, explaining what, what he's saying in that verse 3. So he says, just as each of us has one body, with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we are many, we are many form. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. So you have a body, a full body, and in that body, you have different parts right and the 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 head of this body so we have our head once you cut off the head uh that's it the body ceases to to be so you can't if you if you're walking on the street and you see a headless body walking on the street you start running you start running and you'll be like oh this is this is what was this so there is no body that has no head and the head of this body, which is the church, is Christ. And that's why he says, cut off from me, you can do nothing. So if the hand, if the hand thinks it's more important than the legs, cut off the hand, it's easy to live, it decays and that's it. Cut off the leg, as long as it's not joined to the entire body, that's it. That's the end. So when I feel, <clears throat> which we see even in the church, you know, I'm doing something and because something happens, I feel upset and that's it. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do anything again. I'm seeing myself as if I stop coming to church, the church is going to close. But because I have a, an important function, whatever we do in the church, we should do it because, not because we are so important. God has blessed us with Whatever you are giving, God has blessed you with it. That gift you have, God has blessed you with it. And he can, if you don't take time, he can also take it away from you. In as much as the scripture says, the gift of God is irrevocable. But there's a way you will feel that this is, it's all about me. You have a beautiful voice and you're supposed to be singing, but then you start, you start, you know, um, 
doing as if you are so indispensable. One day you open your mouth and no sound will come out. It's 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 very it's it can happen. So it's not whatever we have we have received from God, and we shouldn't at any point feel that without us. They remember what Jesus says. If you if you tell them to shut up, I will command these stones here, and they will start praising God. So if you think if you can if you can you know uh, make these crowds keep quiet, I will command these stones. They will all start singing, and you will see that God can do anything. So so we have different gifts. So I'll, I'll, I'm. Um okay, so let's let me go to about to verse five. It says, So in Christ we we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. Each member belongs to all the others. You as a member, your importance or your your importance, my importance is not outside, outside the body. Right? A hand is useful not outside the body. It's useful only when it's in the body. My eyes, they are useful only when they are part of me. If you pluck out the two of them, that's it. They cease to function. So we are only useful when we are in the body. We can't, we can't separate ourselves from the body. Okay, so verse 6, it says, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us. You know, when to each gift, there's a grace. To each gift, there's a grace. When you refuse to make use of the gift God has given to you, you are denying yourself the grace that comes with it. So also, to each cross, there is a grace. When you run away from your cross, you are running away from the grace attached to your cross. So it's something we need to, we need to understand. When you refuse to make use of the gifts God has given to you, you are refusing yourself the grace that comes with your gifts. To each gift, there is a grace. So he says, and Paul says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us, according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it's a contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. So what's what is your own gift? Are you are you are you using it grudgingly? Or are you using it cheerfully? When we use it grudgingly. That's when we have the feeling that it's it's because I've worked hard. That's why I can sing for a while. See, there are there are people, there are people who who have done everything possible to be able to sing, but no, 
they always sing off tune. There are people who they, they stay awake all night practicing and practicing and practicing and practicing. They want to sing like Celine Dion. They want to sing like you know one of the one of the popular artists, singers, but they can't. It's not their gift. Until you discover your gift, you will remain stagnant. <clears throat> the scripture says, the gift of a man <clears throat> makes way for him and brings him before kings. And it's only when you discover what your gift is. If not, you, you know, you will just keep crawling. You begin to run when you discover your gifts. You begin to run. So what's what what is your gift? <laughs> don't say don't say I can't do anything. Don't say oh I am too old. Don't say oh I am too young. But the fact that you are still alive, it means that there is a reason why God has kept you here. The fact that you are still breathing, there's a reason why God has kept you here. If you are useless, God will remove you from this earth. Because there is no way he will keep he will keep a useless person here and there. What are you doing here? If I'm useless, what am I doing here? I'm not contributing anything. But the fact that I'm still here, it means I'm useful. The fact that you are still here, it means you are useful. Even, even you listening to me now, if you are not listening, we will not be broadcasting. If we don't, if we know there are, there are no listeners, we can be, we can be. There will, there will be no radio Maria. It's just like when I go to the hospital to visit people and they, you know, patients and they say, oh, 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 um, thank you for the work you're doing. I said, if you are not here, I won't be here. If you are not here as a patient, this hospital will close down. So don't think we are more important than you. You are also very important. It's because you are here. That's why we're here. Um, so each human being that is still here on that has a reason why, but you need to discover what is the, why are you here? You know, this issue of purpose, purpose, what's, why, what is the reason why I'm still here? And I've got that, that question, you know, especially from patients asking me, I don't know why God is keeping me here. I can't even do anything. I'm always lying on the bed. I say, you would, you would not know. You would not know that you are here, that you are here in this hospital. There may be a reason. Now, you just met that nurse to smile. You don't know the last time she smiled. You don't know what she, 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 she came to work with. You don't know what, what was, you know, has been happening to her and her family. And then she came here and you made her smile. That's the reason why you're here. If that's, that can change, can change her life. That can transform her life. And you think you are, you are here for nothing. There's a reason. So we have different gifts according to the grace God has given to us. So find out what your own gift is. And when you find out, you begin to enjoy the grace. So we take a break now and we come back soon. Okay. So this is I Will Lift You Up by Father Alvin. In John chapter 6, verse 33, Father, we lift you high, because you are the bread of life. In John chapter 6, verse 35, you are the chief cornerstone. I will lift you high. 
that was I Will Lift You Up by Father Alvin Eber, who is with us this evening talking on Diving Deeper about Romans chapter 12. So welcome back, Father. Thank you. And welcome back. So we, we are almost concluding for today. Um, time is flying. But hopefully, um, wherever we stop today, um, we'll still continue. Um, that should be in December, because I'm not here next month. So, so hopefully um, we'll still continue until we finish that's this this chapter. We'll still have we'll look for another chapter and and also dive into it. So we're still looking at um, trying to discover the gifts, the gifts which which we have. And I want to read, I want to read, maybe we'll conclude with this. I'll read um comments I have here in my in my Bible by the way I'm using the second um, Bible I'm using is application it's called application Bible but it's new international version I love I love the Bible it's so good so the the, the comment here says so it's um, the comment on verse six to eight so so look at this list, list of gifts and imagine the kinds of people who would have each gift. Prophets are often bold and articulate. Servers, those in ministry, are faithful and loyal. Teachers are clear thinkers. Encouragers know how to motivate others. Givers are generous and trusting. Leaders are good organizers and managers. Those who show mercy are caring people who are happy to give their time to others. It would be difficult for one person to embody all these gifts. You can imagine, you can't, you can't be a leader at the same time be an encourager, at the same time be a teacher, at the same time be a giver, at the same time be, you can't, you can't, it's not possible. God did not make it that way. He made it such that, so if I should have all those things, then it means that I am, you know, self-sufficient. I am self-sufficient and God has not made any of us self, the only, one that is self-sufficient is God. He is all in all. And uh, as the apostle says, in him we move and we, in him we live, move and have our being. So we, we can only tap current from, from him. He's the source. He's the source of all goodness and he distributes his goodness to us. So he says, um, so it will be difficult to, it will be difficult for one person to embody all these gifts. An assertive prophet would not usually make a good counselor. And a generous giver might fail as a leader. So no one has got it all. What you have, I don't have. What I have, you don't have. I give what I have, you give what, what you have, and you know, things, 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 things go on. But things begin to fall apart when I decide to 
withhold what I have. And you decide to withhold what you have. Or you're too shy to make use of what you have. And I'm too shy to use what I have. There's a problem. So when you identify your own gifts, and this list is far from complete, ask how you can use them to build up God's family. At the same time, realize that your gift can't do the work of the church all alone. We thank for the people whose gifts are completely different from yours. Don't get jealous because you can, uh, this person thinks better than you do. There's something you can do that person can't do. So be thankful for the voice the person has got or the gift the person has got. Let your strengths balance their weaknesses and be grateful that their abilities make up for your deficiency. Their ability make up for your deficiency. And listeners today, uh, we'll be wrapping up um, our program at this point. And I believe God has blessed all of us today this evening. And I hope to see you um, sometime in December. And um, we'll, we'll close with a prayer today. Okay. So Heavenly Father, we give thanks to you once again. And we thank you for being with us throughout this evening. This reward has come down to us, Lord. We pray that what we have listened to today will be a fruit in our lives, fruits that will last forever. Thank you, and may your blessings be with us, even as we sleep this night. May these words continue to resound in our minds. We ask this through Christ our Lord. May the mighty God bless God and protect us all, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you, Father. God bless you too.